0: Welcome to Noclip, the podcast that's like a book club for people who don't think that books reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Ruthergans. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Again, that was developed by Ubisoft Montreal, published by Ubisoft, and was released in 2003 on the- <laughs> I hate that you've listed this first. The Game Boy Advance, the PlayStation 2, the GameCube, Xbox, Windows, and Mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe, I could be wrong, uh-huh. but I believe that the PS2 GameCube Xbox titles came out first and then were ported to the other um, things. Uh, I'm not sure.
1: That's just the order they were listed on Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, but first, if you give us a like or a rating,
0: it would be greatly appreciated. So, the, uh, Prince Persia of the Sands of Time uh, is a platform game. Uh, but in the skin of an action-adventure game that it had killed and worn as a skin suit. Um, <laughs> and it is a spiritual follow-up to a game that was released on Apple II uh, called Prince of Persia, and uh, they have a very similar sort of design philosophy in terms of, like, how things... how how it looks and, like, what you do in the game... To me, Prince of Pr- the Sands of Time, like mm-hmm. the new Prince of Persia, at, the, at yeah, in like two thousand thirteen, the reboot, yeah, if you could call it. <laughs> it feels like a very realized version of taking that like old Macintosh cinematic platformer and turning it into what they thought like a modern audience would like. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's like a. It, it feels very much like um i'd compare it to something like uncharted Mm. um it it almost feels like kind of like a predecessor to something like that where it's very much trying to be like an action adventure movie as a game and uh yeah i it seems like something that like i kind of wish there was more of like one of my notes is like remember when triple a games could be short oh yeah um so, yeah, I, I think this is, like, um, definitely feels, like, of its time because of it. Um, yeah, like, the fact that it's, like, a eight-hour experience. Um, I don't know. I, something about that I really liked. It has, like, as I say over and over again, every time we do an older game, I haven't done. it. it there's a nostalgic feel to it. Yeah. Uh, even though I never
0: played it before. Yeah. So, <laughs> I actually had a few notes on uh, sort of, like design philosophy at the time, like, of the era of the PS2. And one of the things that we jokingly talk about, you've coined the term early 2000s forced variety. Mm -hmm. um, You had to pay me every time you say it. It's true. I have, like, a jar of quarters (laughs) that I keep handing to him every time it comes up. Um, But uh, there's... We use it as a gag, sort of, to be like, look at how they made us do, a, like, a bullet hell segment in this game that has nothing to do with that. Yeah, it was like a growing pain of video games. Yeah, but it it reflects a very real design trend of this era, um, and I think Words of Persia might be, because we've talked about games from this era, but there are always things like Silent Hill 2, or like... Devil May Cry, that are games that are Kingdom outstanding. Hearts. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts because they focus on doing a one thing really well. Kind of Devil May Cry is all about the combat system. Silent Hill Two is all about atmosphere. This game seems to want to be about fucking everything, and it makes me really angry at it. Like. <laughs> I, this is maybe the most disappointed that I've been in a game which is a scale that I'm not used to using like how what how high were my hopes <laughs> compared to where I ended up uh because I usually go in pretty like blind like I usually play these games and say like oh whatever happens happens and I'll give you know but this game has like a lot of build up and stuff uh it was really popular at the time when it came out uh, I owned a copy of it on the PlayStation 2, which we'll get into in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got here I and, and actually started playing it, I was like, man, they had something really interesting, and then they literally ruined it with everything else that they put in that didn't need to be there. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I personally would say it falls somewhere in the middle ground between a focused game and a forced variety game, because mm-hmm. I, I do feel like it does focus just on platforming combat and story like you don't have like a star fox level or you know or a swimming section or anything like that that is true so but you know i agree it does kind of like it, it could have benefited from focusing just on the platforming which is like its strongest uh i
0: think aspect yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that. And I do want to get into those kind of a things, but uh, I feel like that's going to make up a big meaty chunk of the discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, those big meaty chunks? Those meaty chunks. And the first thing that I do want to get out of the way, uh, as a consumer report, if you're here for the should I purchase Parents of Persia from 2003 on this podcast in 2022... Uh-huh. Uh I read online that the PC port of this game is a uh, poo-poo bad port that isn't any good. Um, and I was like, well, thank God I have this working copy of it on the PlayStation 2. Uh, that was an overreach on my part. The, the copy that we had on the PlayStation 2, in fact, does not work. <laughs> uh, I sure thought that it would, because as far as I know, it was played once. 10 years ago uh, more than 10 years ago at this point, 18 years ago (laughs) and uh, not touched since, but I guess it has deteriorated uh, in that time, so we ended up playing it on different things and I just got a fancy new Steam deck that I wanted to play it on because it it was available and it would be convenient for me Mm
2: -hmm. Uh,
0: the PC port is a poo-poo bad port (laughs) that sucks (laughs) uh it would just unbind keys at random sometimes there was a weird glitch that g- made me redo several portions of the game mm. uh so all this to say and it has no bearing on the quality of the game as intended uh but don't play the PC version of the game if you can help it cuz it's extremely bad yeah i played it on ps3 and it was fine
1: yeah um <laughs> yeah i assumed that it was the playstation 2 that wasn't working, and not the disc. I but guess that could. I be. didn't test it.
0: Okay. <laughs> we have a couple things that can play PS2 games. That's true. But they none of them worked in my experience. Mm-hmm. So uh, who knows, really? Old hardware is difficult to work with sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. That's that. Is there anything preliminary you wanted to get out before we start talking about jumping around?
1: Not really. I think we we mostly covered it. By just mentioning it, it's a spiritual, like, successor or, like, a reboot of a or a really, really old yeah. uh, game from, like, the 80s.
0: Notably, uh, the guy who, who coded and made the original Prince of Persia, uh, his name is Jordan Mechner, that I just looked up. Uh, he actually did come back and led design on this game as well. Um, And I'm not 100% sure what his involvement is in the franchise as it goes forward. I know that he actually had something to do with the movie that was made uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal, but it's, I don't know, it's a strange thing, especially considering how distant the releases were. It was like about 15 years between the two games and for him to to be the one to reboot it is actually kind of cool and I think is why it it sort of sticks with its roots as far as, like, how it looks and stuff. goes.
1: Yeah, from what I know, um, Ubisoft bought the rights from whoever owned them at the time, Mm -hmm. Um, and he just ended up, like, in front of him because, you know, he had to, like, sign off on something uh, in that deal. And he saw what they were working on, because they had like a prototype before they offered to buy the IP, I think. And he liked what they made, so he was like, can I just work on this? And they were like, yeah.
0: Sure, why <laughs> Come not? on. So that, I think that is kind of
1: an interesting story, yeah. that he got kind of roped back in. Uh. So yeah, that's cool.
0: Yeah, very cool. That's one of the cool things about this game's setup, because the only other things about this game's setup are kind of Orientalist, so... <laughs> I would say not more orientalist than something like Aladdin.
1: Yeah, it's definitely less than that.
0: Yeah, so it's probably I mean no amount is good, but I guess it's like fine in context of the time it came out. You know that no Iranian people actually <laughs> worked on this game. It was made in Canada. Yeah. Um uh, so like that sucks, but th- that's not really what we're here to talk about. Mm. And really the game doesn't seem to give one fuck at all about its own plot uh it doesn't take great pains to present it to you uh
1: yeah it it feels very of the time in that way to me it's like a very simple video game plot um that you know they didn't have a ton of money to put into cutscenes, so there aren't a bunch of them Mm -hmm. uh you basically are just trying to cough what even are you trying to do I was going to say, it's like a, you know, you like to save the princess and beat the bad guy, Uh, but you don't save the princess, but you do beat the bad guy. You do beat the bad guy. It's just Jafar from Aladdin. Yeah, so you steal.
0: You have the the dagger of time. Uh Uh-huh. I, I, you, you go ahead because yeah. <laughs> what I did was I basically paid zero attention to the story as it was happening and then I went back and just watched all the cutscenes so my understanding of the plot is that you under orders of the king of Persia uh, who would be your dad uh-huh. um, go into this temple in India and raid it and steal a bunch of stuff um, and there's this dude the vizier who is the final boss of the game, And is an old man. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he's like, you can take all the cool treasure you want, except that dagger, that Mm -hmm. one's mine, that's for me. And so you go fetch the dagger by doing a bunch of cool platforming, uh, and then you go and they try and steal the dagger, and they unleash sand people to attack you. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's like unleashing the sands of time or whatever, like, turns everyone into, like, sand zombies.
0: Yeah, who are not good or great. Um, And so you are essentially, like, running around in the palace, sort of looking for him, but specifically looking for that big hourglass. Yeah, which is in the highest room of the tallest tower. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) uh and then once you stab into the thing you're able to go way back in time and try to prevent essentially the events of the game from happening so the cool part about the story is that it's presented as you telling the story of the game to uh farah who is the like lead female protagonist uh who is also in the game. So you're telling her stories of things that are going to happen to her. And so... Right Or the things that did happen in the timeline. Right. That before, you are from. That
1: you, before you <laughs> prevented it. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it, it, that framing device is something that feels really unique. Um, that along with the rewind mechanic, mm-hmm. I think are two things that are like what make this game or made it really popular at the time. Like there are the things about it when you go back and play it and you think like, Oh, like, I feel like this game had a lot of ideas that were really ahead of their time, but I think all of it has, like, an of-the-time execution. It sure does. Uh,
0: well, it also it also looks good. Yeah. I think that, um, I don't know if they up the versions that we played. Yeah, it's definitely a remaster. Okay. I don't know about the PC it, port. Yeah, the PC port had some more yeah. questionable, at least UI looked
1: really bad. Yeah, it's called Prince of Persia HD, mm. the version I played.
0: Yeah. I don't know if Biden was or not. Uh, I don't remember seeing the word AGD, but it probably was something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but either way, it, uh, it it does still look really good for the time. I think they did a good job of... I mean, everybody has these, like, ape arms that are, like, really long. <laughs> uh, but other than that, like, I think... And then that's a stylistic decision, obviously. So, I don't know. I think it looked pretty decent for, for when it came out mm-hmm. uh, and still holds up. Yeah, so (laughs) let's talk about the part of the game that is actually great. Um, You kind of like, you're introduced in what I think is a pretty cool opening sequence, like your tutorial area Mm -hmm. uh, in this like Indian palace where you're running around with a sword and you don't yet have the time rewind mechanic. And so it's all about just going checkpoint to checkpoint and it teaching you all of the different moves you can do uh, in terms of platforming. And I feel like the way that everything's laid out, it feels really smooth. Once you get a hang of it, you can kind of blaze through some of like their little t- tutorial areas and it doesn't like hold you down. Um, and I know this because I had to do it twice because PC port sucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I, I don't know. I really like it. And I feel like the actual, you know, running on walls and jumping off is really smooth.
1: Yeah. The, the running on wall, uh, mechanic feels like, like the whip from Castlevania or something to me where it just, it's something that feels really good to do. And it just seems like the, like a big contribution to video games as a whole is that <sighs> mechanic. Uh, because like, it feels like very much like it, like pass the torch to assassin's creed mm-hmm. um feels like it's trying to do some similar things as this i know the wall run and platforming mechanics from this are just straight up in darksiders 2 oh yeah you have like the wall run and you can like jump and hang on ledges and stuff uh so in etc cetera, etc cetera. i'm sure it's popped up in other things but yeah it's just such a cool satisfying mechanic
0: yeah and and like. I didn't go through a list of games and try and figure out, like, is this the first thing that did a lot of this stuff? Because um, I, I don't honestly know. I know that there were lots of games. There are lots of platformers that existed before this that had elements of this stuff. Jumping between poles and doing, yeah. like, the spin around on a, on a bar gymnastics move are definitely not unique to this at all. Uh, the licensed Spider-Man video game had swing on pole. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, it's definitely not like everything the game did was unique, but I feel like it melded everything together really well. And it did. And I complain about this. I would like to point before I even say it, uh-huh. uh, I do not think that Prince of Persia the Sands of Time is a better game than Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. I will not say that. But one of the things that I noted in that game was that it was hard when playing to, like, see the line, like, where you're supposed to go in mm-hmm. a fluid way. And Prince of Persia is a 3D game that makes it very easy to see the line M- most of the time there are definitely hiccups mm-hmm. but most of the time it is about your execution on the platforming and that's what makes it engaging and actually fun to do
1: yeah i think it accomplishes that in like two ways like one is the camera mm. um it it chooses to like take like a fixed perspective a lot of the time which i hate <laughs> um but uh just in general not specifically in this game mm. but um Especially for a platformer. <clears throat> the other being, it's that everything... It's just, it's really video gamey. Like, if you look playing it from, like, today's perspective, games go through so much effort um, to make them look more organic. Mm-hmm. And this is from a time where it's like, oh, you know the stuff that, like, you can walk on looks this way, and the things that you can run on look a specific way.
0: So it all looks more obvious to you at a glance. Yeah. And then is it's like... <laughs> This is why you end up with things like, uh, (laughs) this is partially, I think, maybe why the the era of the 3D platformer has sort of ended and is maybe being resurrected, potentially. Because if you see modern 3D platformers, they are a lot more cartoony because you're able to do this kind of thing when it was the hotness to make every game look as realistic as possible like it still is yeah but especially in like the late PS3 early PS4 yeah, like type when, generation when it was new yeah and it was like oh we can kind of we can map somebody's face onto a 3D yeah, model it'll like, look great you guys <laughs> It'll like 10 years from now people will like wow is that really Norman Reedus uh <laughs> th- no um <laughs> Uh, that it was difficult to make a level like work. Like, I talked about a million billion years ago uh, really liking the consistency in level design in Super Mario Sunshine, and I think a lot of that was born out of sort of a limitation. You couldn't make it look not like a video game. Uh, and this is kind of does the same thing. You know, the, little, the grayer bricks are ones that you can grab onto, mm-hmm. stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and I, I really like. I think that stems into like the environment too. Like, I like that you're you're going through just a castle for the whole time. Like, and I like the. Yeah,
0: it doesn't it, look very much like a castle. Yeah, right I now.
1: know it doesn't look very much like a castle. Um, <laughs>
0: this is the, long-time
1: the, listeners will know.
0: It's the dumbest <laughs> running joke of all
1: time. Um, um, but. Yeah, I think uh, it's similar to, like, something like Super Mario Sunshine. Like, I like to see, like, how creative a developer can get, like, within a limitation like that. Like, Symphony of the Night is another game like that where it's, like, all in one location. And it's, like, how do they get variety in areas? Uh, I think that's kind of cool. Um, it highlights, like, the creative process, I think, in an interesting way. Um, but it, I wanted to compare it to Eco. Okay. Um by Team Eco, <laughs> uh, which was a PS1 game, I think had an influence on this. Because, like, you're going through a mostly abandoned castle with a companion character, and you're, like, solving puzzles and stuff. Uh, so I just felt like that seemed like a... Not like a very specific uh, source of influence, but I think might have been, like, a, a loose source of inspiration.
0: Yeah, I can kind of see it, especially in the... Uh, like if you look at the original Prince of Persia and it coming from that, like I mean, it's a it's an Apple II game. It's a very pre early uh, platformer type game, but. it has the, like, trappings of a cinematic platformer. There's, it's very fluid movement, and even though you're locked into what you can actually grab onto and do, they make an effort to make it look like that kind of a thing. And Eco is basically, like, a modern version of that kind of thing yeah, as well. A, a 3D cinematic platformer. Yeah, and Prince of Persia feels... The, the Sands of Time feels a lot like an implement or an iteration on that kind of thing eco was not wall running anywhere Mm -hmm. he was mostly slowly (laughs) walking (laughs) along uh but yeah the 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 feeling of it i think is kind of similar it's just i think the tone suffers from it being a much more cartoony game sure um but that's I don't know. I don't think it was... It was definitely not in Prince of Persia's design document to be, like, a moody, like, tone piece. Yeah, <laughs> It wants to be, like, a bombastic action yeah, game. A swashbuckling adventure. Exactly. Uh,
1: but, so, to get back to the platforming, I guess. Yes. Uh, um, I, I really liked when, like, puzzle solving involved the platforming. Like, there's a part really early on... Uh, which I thought was a really very bad sign uh, where you have this puzzle where you have to like turn a lever and to like two levers to like move these like cylinders around and like raise platforms to get them all into specific spots and I was like oh no <laughs> old ps2 game puzzle design uh, but that's really the only instance of a puzzle like that that I can remember most of them involve like having to like get to a place
0: yeah they used uh, there were a lot of puzzles in this game in what a video game reviewer or player in 2003 would call puzzles Mm -hmm. and i don't think that they're that like if you broke them down into their constituent pieces i don't know if they would fit the definition of puzzle where it is just like you have to do a thing, but in order to do the thing, you have to do the platforming challenge to get there. And so it feels puzzle like you're collecting pieces, but they realistically are just traversal challenges,
1: yeah, there's like there's like micro puzzles within like a macro platforming challenge. yeah, like that room you were watching me play with all of the ropes. Like, there are some parts we had to, like, move a box to a spot. You know, a classic video game, drag the box around.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and there might be a time where you have to, like, swing to a spot you didn't think you were going to need to swing to. But mostly you're just platforming. Yeah. Like, a little bit
0: of puzzly moments thrown in. Yeah. I think when the game does something that is purely a puzzle... It's always a bad puzzle. Yeah. Like, it never <laughs> quite makes a puzzle that's, like, really good. Uh, there are several that involved, like, turning levers, like, a specific amount or, like, to face, you know, direction and then you do a thing. Mm-hmm. And never once did I really ever have to think about it. I mostly solved them accidentally. And move these mirrors around <laughs> uh-huh. to reflect <laughs> to the, spot the light. that's on the ground. Yeah, that's marked on the spot. It. Uh, and so that, that all like, it's one of those things you always talk about it. Um, so I always attribute it to you of saying like, if there's, if you can put like a little bit of a puzzle, something to make the player think a little bit, then it's appreciated, but Mm -hmm. it is possible to go too far. Yeah. And I think that this is an example of it. Like there's parts of it where I see it totally being a... Just a thing like you get here and you and you grab those little bars that you grab onto and they open doors. Mm. Love those. Yeah, a, very elegant design. You grab the thing, you see that you've completed the thing. Now you can move on from the room. I like the buttons that you have to hit by running up the wall. Those are satisfying.
1: Yeah, like um. What's his name? Who used to be Dan something from Extra Credits, oh, who yeah. he has not been a part of for many years, did a video about like how just like a character's animations can like say a lot about their personality, like something about just how like they open a box or they push a button and things like that, and the way that he pushes buttons by having to like run up a wall <laughs> and hit them with his feet just seems like a really clever way mm. to be like, oh well the button, push the button will have the character do the platformy thing. Just seem like a good like way to map the gameplay mechanics and the personality of the character, like time together.
0: Yeah. And it keeps you moving. Yeah. Like it's a thing you yeah. you know the game is about movement. So yeah. it's fun to run on a wall, so why not push a button <laughs> while running on a wall? And you can like time your jump with when you hit the button, which I think is actually a part of some of the puzzles. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a yeah, it's 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 a lot of the level design, I think, is genuinely really good. Um, I think that they, they spent a lot of time to make sure that, like, all of the jumps look mostly... Do- There's that one instance of that fucking rope room where it's like, gotta jump over to that rope on the left. And it's like, are you sure? Because it sure looks way too looks far like away. like it's a football field away. <laughs> <laughs> but you sure can do it. Even though there are platforms right next to you that you could jump on easily and look like places you could go. Uh, but those aren't right. Uh, and they make you restart the whole puzzle if you jump to them. Uh so with some hiccups like that one, most of the level design I think is is really good. And we should talk about it. You can rewind the time. Ooh, Halloween <laughs> Not uh, yet, we're getting there. Uh, Alright, right. sorry. Cut, it right. cut the Halloween part. Um <laughs> I like the implementation of the of the rewind mechanic to an extent it has kind of a what is the point of the the limited number of rewinds problem where you're like if I'm just doing platforming shouldn't I just be able to do this or whatever? Uh, I
1: don't know I feel like it adds like s- some stakes like you don't just feel like you can mess up
0: infinitely I, that is sort of true yeah I think it has this weird way of being both, like the, okay the way that i would design a platformer with a time rewind mechanic uh is not unique this has been done already mm-hmm. i think we've played games like i think uh braid yeah that's the game similar to this make the platforming challenges m- well okay braid's more of a puzzle game but like yeah. ignore that uh may if you make the platforming challenges more difficult and then you can rewind to redo parts of them, uh, is it makes the game feel a little bit more fast-paced. It allows you to trial and error a lot of stuff. The way that this game does it, most of the platforming stuff is pretty doable. And you really only get, like, stuck in ways where you're actually rewinding a lot in timing-based stuff. So it doesn't... I don't know. I, I, I like the implementation but also i wish that it was a little snappier and that's why i don't really like the the limited rewinds for platforming segments cuz it just feels like you're just i don't know a lot of the time it's just like just i'll just die and i won't mm. even go back that far it's like not that important I don't know. I I feel like I like it being a manageable
1: resource. Like I I think it adds like decision making like a, like you're saying like do I rewind it and waste a tank or do I just start over from the checkpoint. Mm-hmm. Um and it's like the one thing I'd like about the combat system is that uh like the the, the dagger and like having to like stab the enemies I think adds like decision making to like I had to plan out when I do this um so I I think that's interesting um and yeah, I agree I could be snappier they have to like leave a bunch of time after you die <laughs> to give you enough time to like hit the rewind button and that always feels really janky and awkward yeah um but I don't know yeah I, I feel like it does add like a uh, some necessary like pressure to like perform and everything I know like My go-to example for this is something like Guacamelee. There's almost no punishment for dying. Like, you fall off a ledge into lava, and you just instantly are back on the platform. Yeah. um, And it just feels like nothing. So, I think you need, like, a little bit of, like, to sell
0: the failure state. Right. Yeah, and the fact that this game has, like, a, a heavily mitigated failure state, I guess... I ain't kind of get behind that. I just think that there's something about it that feels a little bit too over-designed or, like, a little sluggish yeah. that makes it hard to engage with no. in a way that I want to.
1: Yeah, it could definitely be improved on. Um, there might be something that has done this, but, like, I couldn't think of it off the top of my head. But it seems like... It just seems like such a great idea. Um, I know something like Ori lets you do, like, a like, create your own checkpoints, and it has, like, the launch mechanic that, like, lets you kind of correct mm-hmm. your platforming or the flood. Once again, Mario Sunshine. Yeah, great uh, People tend to like those kinds of things, um, and it just, it seems like a the rewind mechanic specifically, I don't know if they've patented it or something, <laughs> but, like, something <laughs> that, like, another game would have tried to do and, like, refine mm-hmm. that I don't, th- as far as I'm aware,
0: hasn't really been done. I mean, I don't think it has been really in 3D platformers. I'm, <laughs> I might in well, I'll say I'll do it on the break, which means we won't do it. Yeah. Um. But I believe that there are some uh, like indie platformers that use this mechanic. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But... And, and I know that it has been integrated on at some point, but uh, I would have to actually look into it because I don't necessarily know that I've played any of them. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so there is that. Um. I do want to. I want to shout out one thing, because uh, we're getting we've got a little bit of time, and there's something I want to yell at for a second before we go to break. Yes, uh, but I do want to shout out something that I like about this that I never thought that I would, and that this is a platformer that has even worse than real life fall damage. If you fall one inch past the the fall damage thing, you just fucking collapse. In a pile, and are like, oh no, and (laughs) it's obviously used. This is a potential limitation of the time of how this is like all worked out, but it's obviously implemented that way so that you have to do the puzzles the way that or the the puzzle the platforming challenges in the way that they've prescribed them. But I actually love it. Conceptually, because it makes getting down from places a thing. Mm-hmm. In a platformer, a lot of the time you jump up real high and then you have to go back down. You just jump off and you land, and you're, oh, maybe you take a little bit of damage. Mario does this; like you'll take like three points of damage or something. Yeah. Uh, and so I liked that because it really it sings in a level that I otherwise fucking hate uh, in the library area Mm -hmm. there's a a, you climb up and then you like are platforming across the scaffolding but then in order to leave the level you actually have to come back to the ground and so you have to plot a route that actually takes you back to ground level or low enough that you can jump down there without dying Uh, and it made me think about it and go like oh yeah there's actually a lot of that in this game there's a lot of places where you can see your goal it's easily accessible via falling, but unfortunately your life will leave you if you do that. Uh, so you do their prescribed platforming challenge, but the idea is still there. It's it's something I do like and I think is a cool thing that you just don't see as often.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you can even, like, downwards wall jump too, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I agree. It um it definitely it does feel really silly. There were some parts earlier on... <laughs> Where like I like there's just ground below, and you try to jump down to it, and it's like maybe a six foot drop, you know, and he just dies yeah. immediately, uh, as if he uh, plummeted to his death. Uh, and it is yeah, it's very awkward. I think less it's there's less of that the further in you go because there's like larger gaps and stuff you have to platform across. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it, no, it does feel really clever. It's almost like not quite doubling your uh, platforming space, but it's definitely, like, adding a lot of extra stuff.
0: Yeah. it It is... It's cool like that. The prince is just a very fragile man. Yeah. <laughs> he can die from any yeah. drop. He's agile, not strong. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um, it's and... all in his fingers. <laughs> That's where all
0: his strength is. God, he's got such finger <laughs> strength, too. This man... Uh, that actually... Also leads into what I was going to say. We, oh my God. We've been really, we've been really positive. We, we have not been really positive, but mm-hmm. we have been reasonably positive about this game that in the end, I don't like all that much. Mm-hmm. So I do want to, before... I could, thought you were going to be teeming with hatred when, <laughs> when I was playing it. I was teaming, I was not teaming, I was teeming with disappointment. Uh-huh. uh but I do want to talk about this, because this is an element of platforming. I'm considering it an element of platforming. No one in their right mind would, but I am, for some reason. <laughs> uh, because frequently you will just be stopped in the middle of platforming by, Ooh, surprise! Bats! Mm. Ooh, a flock of bats just will fly now, in. You know I'm going to agree with this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you agree
0: with this? <laughs> you agree with this? So, while the prince is hanging from somewhere... And you'll sort of, like, make your way across stuff. Uh, And then just bats show up. And if the bats attack you, they don't do very much damage, but they will knock you off of whatever you're standing on, uh, potentially killing you and making you reset. So what you do is you press the attack button for a while. And I would just put the controller on a table and tap on the attack button and, like, look at my phone... Or, like, check my email, make sure everything's good in, like, the world around me and my physical vicinity. Because the bats are not a challenge, I guess, if you wanted to kill them faster... You could time your swings. The thing you're supposed to do is you don't. If you don't
1: attack them, they come in closer to you. Mm-hmm. And then if you attack when they're like all in close, you can hit like three of them at a time. Then they disperse and then they come back and then you hit them again. Yeah,
0: and you have to get it down to there only being like three. I bats. Think it's three, and then they'll fly away. Yeah, uh, but I found that that. Occasionally, did make me still get hit, Mm, so I found that the optimal thing. Yeah, the optimal thing to do is just to press the X Mm. button and allow me to drink water. You know, (laughs) stay hydrated; it's important. Uh, And so, it it, but they, it's not even if you do try and do it the fast way, right? Mm -hmm. It isn't engaging. It's not like nobody went, "Hooray, the bats are here!" (laughs) I love these guys. Uh, It just seems like. A big speed bump for fun that where you're like, oh, I'm having fun. One of my favorite parts of the whole game is the very end where you don't have the dagger and you just have to climb up the big tower. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought the platforming design was really on point there. Uh, It didn't stop you a million times to do stupid combat. And when it did, you had the one-hit kill sword. Well, we'll get back to that on the second half. Uh, But... Just bats everywhere. There's just bats fucking all over the place. And it drives me insane. Uh, what do you think about bats? Uh, I mean, I don't like
1: them either. Um, I, I think this is another, like, older game thing. Uh, especially with things like enemy designs. Like, there's there's oftentimes there'll just be something in there that seems like it is just supposed to be annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, for one reason or another. I don't know. <laughs> I've, the logic is supposed to be like, oh, those players think they're getting so good, and we're going to throw them <laughs> a curveball.
2: <laughs> uh, they're going ha- to have to
1: deal that. with this. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it might be a holdover from arcade design.
0: I don't know. But, mm-hmm. yeah. No, it's just an annoyance. Yeah, it's an annoyance and a time-waster, and it just feels, like, really uncalled for in all <laughs> elements of design. It's like nobody would have sat and planned that out. That had to have come in, like, midway through design, right? Like, nobody's like, oh, we're going to do this, and then some bats will show Mm -hmm. up and make them stop for a while. It's like, you look at the rest of the design. You remember the big cave area uh, with the waterfall? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like, run across the wall, and you jump in between the stalactites and... Uh, you get onto the thing, go across the bridge, bridge crumbles. Like, I can imagine somebody dreaming that up and putting it in, like, an adventure novel. He jumped across two stalactites, ran across the wall, and jumped onto the crumbling bridge. All for love, or whatever the fuck he's after. Uh-huh. Uh, and but and no point in that are you like, and then some bats showed up. <laughs> and the prince hung, and he swung his sword at him for, like, 15, 20 seconds. <laughs> And then he ran across another wall and jumped onto another slide. Like it's it's not exciting. Mm-hmm. Nobody would put it in from a design standpoint. It had to have been somebody like. I feel like this game was pranked in in development. It, it seems like uh, to me
1: like it's like the birds as well. They're like we can't have like enemy encounters while platforming. So like we want to introduce some external for or source of tension Mm. you know like something that could fuck you up and make you fall I guess would be the logic there yeah I assume
0: yeah I can see why they're implemented the birds I think are better though because they're more of a timing thing yeah Uh, I guess the bats are also a timing thing but then why even have the bats why not just have birds always it's I don't know and the birds only you only have to hit them one fucking time yeah (laughs) Uh alright. Uh I'm done fighting about these bats. Uh-huh. So let's fight all of the other enemies in the game after, after the, the break. break. Flip over their heads and stuff. Welcome back. We are now going to talk about all of the parts of the game that are not the platforming. Uh huh. Uh, And spoiler alert, I don't like them. I wish they didn't have them. Uh, Let me just get my thesis statement out of the way, real quick. Sure. Uh, The combat in this game is bad, Um, (laughs) it's extremely bad, it's boring, Uh, it's not hard. But it is punishing, and every fight takes four times longer than it needs to. Uh, that's basically where I landed, and I came up with that rubric, four times longer, pretty early on. Uh-huh. And then as the game went on, it just kept proving me more and more right, that the combat would just keep going forever, and it it really felt awful uh, to do. <laughs> Uh I don't know if you agree, but I refuse to believe that anyone thinks that it's like good combat. Mm-hmm. I think that it's like fine at best. <laughs> um
1: I think it, it I feel like it has like some interesting ideas. Um like I said on the first half. Like I, I do kinda like the way that the dagger is actually factored into it and you can like stun people in time. And then, like, they get knocked down, and you have to, like, pl- t- time out when you stab them to kill them mm-hmm. uh, to try and not get hit by somebody else. Like, I think that's all, like, good on paper. But I, I agree. A lot of the time, the fights go on way too long. Um, and I don't know. I-, I think it's, like, and I think for the time, especially, like, it's it's okay. Because, um, like, there really weren't a lot of games, like, you know, other than, like, something like Devil May Cry or, like, Kingdom Hearts, or, like, early, like, action, uh, hack and slashy kind of games. Like, most games had bad combat, and that's true of a lot of games even to this day. Uh, If they aren't combat games, the combat's usually pretty meh. So, uh, it didn't stand out to me as, like, uniquely terrible, but I thought it was, like, okay when it was working at its best, and, yeah, a lot of the times it was... Pretty
0: lackluster. Yeah, and it doesn't take a long, meandering path to get to the heart of the problem, really. You just said it right there. It's like, other games at the time where the combat was actually good are games that focused on combat. They were games that were about their combat. Devil May Cry is about fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, yeah, <laughs> the the go-to standard for the time period. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts is an RPG, but it's an action RPG, and it was one of the, f- the first games that Square made that really wanted to focus on a more active combat system. And you can tell they didn't want to fuck (laughs) it up because they thought they really had something and it turns out, haha, here we are 20 years later still doing the same shit. There was also platforming There is also, but the platforming in Kingdom Hearts, so. also, and, but that, in Kingdom Hearts but sucks
1: But ass. the platforming <laughs> is the part that sucks and yeah. not the combat, so.
0: so. So, Prince of Persia put its efforts in its platforming. That's where the effort should have gone. But, it's like if you were given a book report on two books and you could, and you just didn't read and one. it was of called The <laughs> Tale of Two Cities. <laughs> it was The Tale of Two and Cities. And Uh, And you just didn't read one of the books. Mm. And so you were, like, right in the paper, and you were like, I should give equal focus to the book that I have no idea what I'm doing on. Uh, It just, it feels misguided, the fact that they put so much of it in the game when it it clearly isn't their focus. Maybe the animators really liked all of the jumpy flips that they could make the prince do, and they didn't want to like waste those animations but there's really no excuse for just how long combat takes in this game
1: yeah i I think i mean it's in there because of like the whole action adventure movie sort of angle (laughs) swashbuckling you know Mm -hmm. style um thing that they're going for and i do actually think that like the game is paced out pretty well. Like, I feel like there's, like, a, usually, like, a good amount of, like, platforming, story, in combat. You know, like, I think it kind of bounces between them at a good pace. But, yeah, it's, yeah to, I think the biggest problem, yeah, is just how long the combat encounters last. If they were, like, shorter and snappier, I think it would be a lot better.
0: Yeah. Well, Okay. <laughs> I may have a decidedly more extreme opinion on this. Oh, yeah. Because I never really considered the pacing so much. Because I felt like the pacing of the game ground to an immediate halt every time that I had to pull the sword out. Sure. Uh, And there are times when it's glaringly obvious that that is the case. Hence, bats. Uh, Because you're literally stopped from doing a thing that you want to do to swing a sword at bats. But the more nefarious version of it is the fact that, like, you finish a platforming segment and it goes into the combat section. And it's like, I see on paper, like, you did a big platforming challenge that had, like, a good arc of, like, easy to challenging whatever. Like, you did a whole room and it felt good to do, except for when there were bats. And then you get out of it and uh, it's just like, now it's time for the combat part. And... If you were enjoying all the parts, you would go, yes, that makes sense. Time for the combat part. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's like a save in between or something. Yeah. But I would get to that combat part and I would go, (laughs) (laughs) fuck! And I never did that. (laughs) Uh, In fact, I felt like I needed to muscle through the combat in order to, before Mm I quit. Otherwise, the next time I turned the game on, I'd probably want to turn it right back off. Uh I really dislike the combat in this game a lot. It's very mashy, and Mm -hmm. it's not mashy in the fun way, like where you feel like all of your attacks are doing something, because the enemies just block, and from what I can tell... They just block kind of at random. <laughs> like, I will attack. There are certain openings, obviously, that you can always land attacks on. If they do a big ground slam move and you hit them. Mm-hmm. You'll get it. But, like, you attack somebody who is not looking at you, facing entirely the opposite direction. And mm-hmm. they'll just be like, bunk, and just deflect your attack. And that just feels like shit. Like, mm-hmm. anytime, in any game, pretty much, getting your attack blocked. Because it's an indication that you did something wrong. Uh, I guess like not in a game like Sekiro where like it's about putting pressure on it, but we're gonna ignore that because it's obviously an outstanding example. Mm-hmm. It just it it makes the combat feel like it is being it's it's like dragging your feet through a ten foot deep sludge pool at all times. You can do cool acrobatics and shit, but it you never feel like you're making progress in it. Uh, and actually, I have a totally other thing to say if you have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I, I think that, uh, it, it's just the AI's AI heart. It's like unreadable, uh, mm-hmm. I think is the thing. It's like, you don't know, yeah, like when an enemy is guarding, uh, or, you know, like when it's going to attack, like a lot of times they just stand around, uh, you know, and, but then other times you'll get knocked down and they'll all wail on you, um, <laughs> So, yeah, it's, you can't, yeah, like, pay attention to what the enemies are doing and react accordingly, really. You just kind of have to, it's more reactive. Yeah. Like, if you see something coming, then you avoid it. Um, And I guess, I feel like, like, the, to the your larger point, like, I feel like the actual, like, combat encounters maybe make up, like, 15% of the game. <laughs> Uh, but it feels like a lot more than that because they're so long. Yeah. Um, so I definitely sympathize. Um, so those are the two things I had. If you want to launch into your your your
0: other thing, uh, my other thing is that it is a very no-brain, stupid design decision to have the enemies be able to teleport. Mm. Uh, I get that they wanted to make them slow and to not, like, lock you into a small room with them, uh, which is what other games would do in a similar situation. Uh, but it means that your positioning also means nothing, uh, except be away from Farrah, because she's the archer and she can die. Uh, she can also... Another thing, a cool idea, that gets lost in that in that muck puddle I was talking about, <laughs> uh-huh. is... Uh, that you can hurt Pharaoh and Phara can shoot you with arrows, and the enemies can hurt each other. Yeah, it's like friendly fire. Yeah, fully applied to everybody. I like the idea, but once again, I feel like the game doesn't take any advantage of it whatsoever. Um, outside of, I guess, the rewind mechanic, it does give an additional use if you accidentally take an arrow to the knee and have to go back in time to not die. Mm-hmm. Uh But the fact that enemies can teleport fucking blows because you're like, oh, there's enemies here. And so I'll move over to here to try and get like one guy by himself because that's when the combat is manageable. And then everyone just teleports over to you. Uh, and 99% of the enemies, you can't do the jump attack over top of, Mm -hmm. uh, the, all the arenas are really huge. Mostly there are a few cramped ones, which I think are a little bit more interesting because you can do the wall run stuff, Mm -hmm. but most of them are big wide open arenas with nothing to jump off of. So you end up just kind of like standing still (laughs) holding the block button unless they go for a sweep attack taking damage and rewinding time Mm -hmm. there's also a really dumb mechanic where after you retrieve like once you stab someone with the dagger then it resets your time circle that's in the top left and so if you die immediately after that you just fucking are dead and have to restart the whole encounter Um, I don't know it's just like I said it's not hard because it's all just like that. you never have to do anything that's complicated Mm -hmm. You just have to press the attack button and then choose the one interesting decision. When do I stab this downed guy or when do I use one of my powers? Uh, And but it just you just have to hold tight for a long time Mm -hmm. while nothing happens around you. It feels like you can't be proactive, like you said, it's a reactive thing. But then also playing defensively is is not making any progress because they'll just walk slowly in a circle around you or teleport or go attack your ally who also loses you the game if she dies.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it just felt like I never knew how to play it. The game never explained to me a way to play it that I found actually engaging it just seemed like they kept throwing things at you and so i would just hit the attack button a lot of times mm-hmm. and eventually it would just triumph it i don't know it i hate it every <laughs> literally every second of it i don't think i enjoyed myself for uh, a, a fraction of a tiny bit of time during this long-ass combat encounters mm-hmm. uh I I definitely agree that the
1: teleporting is terrible. Yeah. Um especially because like it has a hit like a hurt box. Like <laughs> an enemy teleporting in near you will like knock you over. Uh-huh. That's especially dumb. Um yeah, and it it just feels like uh like they they tried um you know like <laughs> I feel like, yeah, they're trying to create, like, an interesting combat system, you know, and, like, for the time, like, I don't know how it was received. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's just... It's not aged well. It, it almost seems like a like a precursor to, like, Arkham Asylum combat or something, uh, which also isn't good, <laughs> um, but...
0: And that was highly
1: praised when yeah, it came uh, out,
0: like, its combat system specifically.
1: So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they tried. I just think, like, other elements of this game, like... I feel like I probably would have liked it at the time, but, like, it's just not aged well at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how... I, I, I wish I had played it whenever we got it when I was a kid, but it, it was not played by me. It was played by other members of my household. So I... Your mom. My mom was, was getting down with some Prince of Persia. Yeah. Uh, she liked the weird sex scene in the middle. Nice. That was your favorite part. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I I feel like as a kid I wouldn't have had the patience for it, because as an adult I barely have the patience for it. So, uh, I'm not sure. I I just don't know. <laughs> that platform is good though, you know. <laughs> uh,
1: so I guess like, speaking of the combat and the platforming, um. Not too long before this uh, video is coming out, um, a YouTuber by the name of Matthew Matosis Mm -hmm. released a video, uh, first one he'd done in like a year or plus, um, on context sensitivity in video games. And it was something I could not think a lot about while playing this um, (laughs) after watching that video because it is context sensitivity, the video game. Um, it is something I kind of wanted to briefly touch on, because mm-hmm. I'm not, like, super knowledgeable about game development and everything, but, like, it, th- basically, context sensitivity, if you don't know, is, like, when you're, like, near a wall, you can hit the R1 button to run along it, like, when you're near a gap, um, but when you're not doing that, if you're just standing there, the R1 button doesn't do anything, so, um... So yeah, most things in this game work like that. And it's probably, was that in like the fixed camera or probably like my two biggest sources of friction with it. Um, You were watching me play that library part, which I think with a few things like tweaked about the gameplay would have been like one of the best areas of the game. But like there was like, especially that one part that really is emblematic of it for me. Um, where you had to like run up the wall to hit the button and it made the part of the bookcase come out. And then like, you had to like run over to the right to get the camera to reset to the angle. So you could actually see what you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And like the angle you were going, like you would like accidentally run on the wall instead of running up the wall. And like, it was just like, everything is fighting against you doing that part correctly. Yeah. And like, that just really highlights, like when the game, like fixed camera can work really well in some parts. Like I get what they're going for. They're doing a 3D platformer, 3D platformer, everyone, even if it's a good camera and a 3D platformer, people will still complain about cameras and 3D platformers. So they're trying to like solve a problem, but like, you know, it's like too rigid and then like it wants to give you control a little, but then it snaps back. So it almost Mm -hmm. makes you more mad because it's like the illusion of control, (laughs) but you don't really have any, um... But, yeah, there's just, like, a lot of things, like, that really highlights. When it doesn't work, it feels really bad. And, like, I think, in my opinion, that's probably the biggest thing that makes this game feel, like, aged. Yeah.
0: I think there's a couple of things with that. Uh, The first thing I want to mention is that I didn't say this when you were playing it because I didn't want to, like... I don't know. Jump in. If I if I known what an effect it would have had on your opinion of the area, maybe I would have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you actually could have done that jump by just jumping off of the button. You oh. jump directly onto the bookcase, and you just wall jump up. Okay, that way. but well, once again, the camera. Yeah, it does highlight the camera thing
1: because I never even considered doing that because I couldn't see where
0: the bookcase was. Yeah, yeah. But I will shout out that I actually noted. That I, I like the camera in this game, hmm. but I think it is two things. I think. There's times when it works. Yeah. But a lot where it doesn't. I think that they were. It's very intentionally designed, you can tell because it does go to the fixed angles. But then. And that, I think, does work. A lot of the times when it does snap to a fixed angle, it is legitimately to give you a better view of what's going on. That big cave section is, I think, a good example of it because it does follow you and never leaves your next jump out of frame as it could if you were the one controlling the camera. The other thing, though, and this is a coincidence, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't realize until, like, halfway through the game what it, exactly what had happened. Um, as I've mentioned previously... The PC port of the game is a doo-doo port that is bad. Um, But (laughs) in order to make the menus usable at all with a controller, I had to turn the right stick sensitivity down to, like, negative a billion. Uh, Otherwise, you would just way overshoot all of the menu options, and it would be frustrating to even, like, hit the continue button. Uh, So... I didn't realize that the byproduct of that is that the ca- my camera movements were glacially slow.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and it actually, I think, helped because it made it so that, like, I was mostly using the camera angle that the game set up for me mm-hmm. and was not, like, spinning all around. I complained about me doing this mm-hmm. in Mario 3D World. Because if you go off of, like, what they intend, you're not doing the game correctly. <laughs> yeah. See, uh, for me, though, like, um,
1: like 3D world, it's consistent. Yeah. So, like, I never felt, like, the temptation to even try to move the camera in that. Because it kind of felt more like a 2D thing, a view on a 3D space, if that makes any sense. With this, though, like, my problem is, like, there are parts where you do just have control of the camera Mm -hmm. and parts where you don't. And like the going back and forth, like really like graded on me.
0: Yeah. And I actually just completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, Because once again, I mean, 3D world, not even really fair. The game came out like 12 years after this one did. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a different thing. Uh, And this game's camera isn't the best, but I thought that it was good for the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it is a good solution. I think, like,
1: like I said about like the the combat is like I feel like they tried, uh, like they were really trying to like get ahead of like mm-hmm. they were forward thinking. Yeah. They're trying to get ahead of like because it's early days for 3D platformers in 2003, so they were like trying to like come up with a solution to a problem.
0: The Prince of Persia Sansa, they tried. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, but no, I think I think that's all a good thing to bring up. There's going to be different points of friction, I think, for different people. Uh, I would I would love to say that the combat is going to be a point of friction to everybody, but I don't actually know how true <laughs> yeah, that is.
1: It didn't bother me nearly as much as you. I mean, to I me, can't say it added to the game, no, it really but like I sense. I wasn't mad every time I got to one. So I fall somewhere between <laughs> yeah those two things.
0: I think because we talked about the pacing and stuff and it's like because to me I feel like the pacing of the game would have been better every time there was combat they just fucking cut and paste and put it in the trash Uh, because like you could just go from platforming bit to platforming bit and the game wouldn't change at all until you get to the final boss and go like it's weird that nothing (laughs) happened and then the credits rolled but like (laughs) but like pretty much just deleting every part of the combat in the game, I don't think would have... I think it would have had a positive effect on the game for me. Like, Mm -hmm. not even designing around the game, not having combat, just literally taking it out. (laughs) Like, scarabs? They are nothing. Yeah, that was dumb. It's a nothing enemy. It's fodder enemy. Yeah. It it presents no challenge at all. I I think I was hit by one once in the entire duration of my playtime, and... All it does is it makes you stop, swing your sword a couple times, and then plays a cutscene if you put it, your sword away to indicate that the enemies are gone. Uh, it's so bad. Uh- <laughs> I like that I just offhandedly
1: mentioned combat again and you took that opportunity to complain about it some more. <laughs>
0: I was it was already in the <laughs> forefront of my mind because you were talking about the library part, and uh, I was yeah. like, yeah, there was no have been combat. There could have been a good part, except it starts with oh, combat. Oh, it does start with combat. It just goes on so long. I forgot. Yeah,
1: there's a lot in between. Well, given that you hated combat, I wanted to talk about the fact that this game doesn't have any boss fights except the final boss. Yeah, I do too. Um, and I just thought that was an interesting decision. Like, I kept expecting one. Mm-hmm. You know. Like, as I was going through, I was like, oh, okay, like, I do this part, and then there's a save point, like, oh, is there going to be a boss fight after this? And there just isn't one. But I was just thinking, as you were complaining, um, <laughs> it may- it could have been, like, a cool approach to have no combat, but then have, like, a couple of bosses instead uh, for your combat fix. Mm. Um, and, like, you could, like, ones that you-, you incorporate the platforming into more, like, maybe you have to, like, run up on its back and stab it and stuff. Something like that could have been cool.
0: Hey, uh, uh, in this, I'm me, and you are a uh, developer of Prince of Persia in 2003. Okay, all right. I say, I'm ready for this role play. <laughs> all right, here you go. All right, uh, uh, come into my
1: office. Oh, hey. Uh, I understand you had something you to tell me.
0: Yeah, I had some ideas about the new game that we're working on. Uh-huh. Uh, 2003 is right around the corner. we got to get something out Oof. for the PS2. Pretty <laughs> cute. Q- I know, the shipping day is just it's breathing down my neck. I know we weren't going to do boss fights, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you did load the game up with all the shitty combat that sucks. uh uh-huh. um, hey. What about... What? <laughs> You're fine. And scene. Uh, Only no. team players. On... <laughs> At Ubisoft Montreal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what if we have a boss fight mm-hmm. that uses the unique mechanics of the game, the way that boss fights are uniquely capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause like in the combat right now, you can do the rewind time, but really you just do it to erase damage that you take uh, and nothing else. A what if you had like a boss is like a big sand golem or something, and he would smash his hand down real fast, but you would see where he smashed his hand down. So you rewind time to get out of the way and land an attack when he, When the hand comes Mm. down, right? That'd be genius, wouldn't it? It would be a good use of the mechanic. It wouldn't be traditional, weird, mashy combat. And you could incorporate big monsters, which everybody likes.
1: Mm. Uh, I mean, Sony's breathing down my neck. (laughs) (laughs) We gotta ship this game by uh, quarter to one next year, all right?
0: Yeah no, the, the, <laughs> i mean, <scene>. uh, <laughs> uh the I do. I genuinely think that this because there's this mechanic, this time reversal mechanic, boss fights actually would have been cool in this game. I don't even really like boss fights that much generally, mm-hmm. but this seems like the kind of place where they could be put to good use. Yeah, just like a handful. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, like maybe
1: four or so, like big ones. Yeah. Bruh like a sand golem like a big sand golem yeah <laughs> that's just what i thought like of. a big snake <laughs> could be like a big snake yeah go with more aladdin inspiration
0: yeah anything at all that could utilize the time reversal in a way that was like interesting
1: yeah i don't know yeah there like that's a that's another way that i think this is m- more like very like 2003 ps2 kind of design like if you had the time rewind mechanic In a newer game, there would be more of a push to do creative things with it. Whereas, like, at the time, it was like, it's the rewind mechanic. You use it to reverse... You know, there's just (laughs) the one use. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, combat and platforming mistakes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the rewind is... If we talked about this in combat. It doesn't feel very proactive. The rewind is not proactive. You can't use the rewind to solve a problem. Yeah, you, it's not like a puzzle element. Yeah, it's only there to erase your errors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know. Could have been. Could have been cool. Uh, so uh,
1: another thing I wanted to mention was Farah herself. We yeah. kind of talked about her a little bit. Um, I guess what did you think of her? Like, because I I actually really liked the inclusion of the character, because um, she's mostly just for presentation. Like, she assists you in combat, and but like, I found that like if you just kind of like move near her every once in a while, like she n- will never die. Like mm-hmm. things will just aggro to you, so she's not like a liability in an annoying way. And like, I like their banter, and I like how like even though it's not actually adding anything mechanically. Like, I like it when you have to rely on her to help solve a puzzle. Like, I think it's cute. Like, I, I just think that like, presentation wise, I think I like, get adds a fun element to the game. Yeah.
0: I think as far as companion mechanics go in games, I think that this is a decent one. I think that her application in combat is legitimately good. Um, it's one of the few unambiguously mm-hmm. good things about the combat. I
1: sucked ass at fighting the birds. Oh, yeah. So you can just stand back and let her shoot them. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, so that that was actually pretty sweet. I would just block and then mm. attack after they hit I me almost, like a dog. In yeah, I almost souls. never blocked. Mm. Um, I was always just kind of, like, running around like an idiot. Oh, aggro kinnick, right? Yeah, oh, agro kinnick, yeah. So, I... <laughs> Just legitimately never thought to even block the crows for some reason. It's like you you block other weapons with the block attack. Right? I mean, it's true. You uh, do do that. Yeah, so that's that's definitely my
0: thought on that one. But otherwise, I mean, I didn't like the banter. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really like their relationship very uh, much. See, I, I, I thought the dialogue
1: was like, of the time, like very cheesy yeah. and bad, but like I thought, their back and forth was like amusing.
0: Yeah, I probably would because the cutscene compilation on YouTube I watch do not include, mm. con- and I as I complained to you about the audio is mixed, in a confusingly bad way. That's yeah, that is something we should legitimately
1: mention. Uh, you, I thought, I think you were thought it might have just been the PC port, but mm-hmm. it's like that on the PS3 as well. Um, and I assume in the original game, maybe it's better in the original. Could be, but yeah, you can't hear her yeah, most like of it, the time in and the then Your scenes. character
0: is piercingly loud.
1: Oh yeah, in the gameplay, but it's even worse in the cutscenes. Like the voices are like almost inaudible
0: in the cutscenes. Yeah. It's it's really strange that that is the case, and the fact that it happened on both versions means that it wasn't just like a weird technical yeah, issue. On makes one me of our think points.
1: the originals like that too. Yeah.
0: Uh but yeah, I think that might have something to do with it. I never really got connected to her character from a gameplay perspective. Hmm. I just kept thinking like, man, how much smaller is Farah than your character realistically? Oh, that she can fit through cracks. She's and stuff. been through every crack in the thing. I mean she she has uh two thousand three Playstation two era, big ass, big tits mm-hmm. uh, and just squeezes right into those cracks no problem. <laughs> Much like the print squee Never mind. Going on. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and I, I,
1: once again, don't remember the story super well, for because like, it was hard to hear. Um, but...
0: Uh, what, a, what a weird fucking thing. They were like, oh, you yeah, know, the story of the game. Not really sure. It was difficult to listen to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, it's true though.
0: <laughs> it is true.
1: Um, I was actually like the part of the story I found the most interesting is like she like splits off to do kind of her own thing towards the end mm. and tries to like she like takes the dagger from you at one point. Um and then you end up going into like this weird dream sequence, which like I don't I think it like implies that she's like related to this goddess character. Or in like I was I thought that was all really interesting, but it doesn't really go anywhere. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff,
1: that, and I know she isn't in the sequel, right? But then she they bring her back in the third one.
0: Mm. I didn't know there was a third one. Yeah, there's is a trilogy. Is the third one the Warrior Within, or is that the second one? Don't don't think uh, yeah. too hard. about it. I'm not gonna try too hard. Uh, I'm only aware of the one other one. Sure, yeah, there yeah.
1: was a trilogy on this console generation.
0: A classic console generation for trilogies. Yep. Uh Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think that, like, I say all these words that Mm -hmm. that sound inflammatory, but I don't actually, like, hate the character. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I think mechanically she actually does a lot to help the game. I think it both gives you an indication of where you're supposed to go in terms of actual pathfinding in the platforming parts. uh, And her contribution in, in combat actually is felt Um, especially given that they just are always four enemies attacking you. The fact that she can just disable somebody really nice. Yeah. Um, but as far as like the, I I was kind of dismissive of the plot. Sure. Yeah. That's totally fair. Yeah. And I still am. Yeah. And I was too, like,
1: that was like the one part, like we you're in the weird dream space Mm -hmm. with like the lost woods puzzle. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, like what's? I was actually like interested in what the story was doing, but then it just doesn't go anywhere.
0: Yeah, uh, just like briefly, because we really don't need to go over it. Uh huh. The last puzzle in this game fucking sucks. Yeah.
1: Well, you if you're watching on YouTube, I won't cut it out. Uh, you can watch <laughs> me struggle with it and then look up what to do, uh-huh. uh, because this is like a classic puzzle moment. Um, and we we do a lot of games on the podcast. Like I always was kind of bad at uh, puzzle games, like like Zelda games. I love them but like I would often get stuck in like a Zelda dungeon and I've gotten a lot better at puzzle solving but it's like it's really hard when you sit down and think about it cuz there'll be a puzzle that in retrospect you'll think is really awesome and clever and cool uh-huh. but at the time it just like fucking stopped you in your tracks um and like this just made me think of it. it's not a particularly good puzzle or anything but like I just got really fixated on dialogue because you're running around in the circle and he'll like scream her name and then she'll say something back and uh-huh. i was like it's got to have to do with like what door i'm walking in front of when her voice comes mm-hmm. and like i'm paying attention to that and the real cue is this dripping water <laughs> sound which i just was hearing as ambience yep and i and i probably would have thought of it if i didn't hyper fix it on the voices hey you
0: know what Fucking exactly the same. I only... I thought that it was supposed to be her voice getting louder when you were closer to it. Yeah. But in reality, it is this water sound effect, which, from what what I can tell, has no bearing on the... Like, no point before where they, like, follow the water or something. Like, it's really stupid and comes out of nowhere. And the water does just sound like ambience. Like, there's nothing... I mean, it does yeah. get louder, so you have it, to, like, pay attention to yeah, that.
1: It but. sounds, it just, it was so obvious once I knew mm. that I, I just thought
0: that was interesting. But then it also goes on for, like, two floors yeah. of, I think, three doors apiece. So you have to go through it six times. Like, The Lost Woods is The Lost Woods and is a classic because <laughs> of, well, one, it's, like, one of the first things that did it. it was yeah. this, like, and they do it slightly differently each time Yeah. in each game. Well, okay, I wasn't even really considering The Lost Woods as a whole thing. I mm. meant, like, The Lost Woods in The Legend of Zelda, mm. uh, which it, it, it does get a pass, because the thing that it's doing is... Uh, it was new. It was new, and it was, like, this hyper-liminal space. Uh, I, that's probably not the right use of that term. Uh but the fact that it keeps coming up and like <laughs> you let some amateur game designers like Ubisoft Montreal, uh-huh. it. <laughs> it, just, it just goes on forever and like the cue is really not clear as to what you're supposed to do. Uh, it's it's dumb. I hated it. That's all I gotta say. Uh... This game has the balls to include a final boss. Uh, what do you think about this this final boss? I think it's less it had the balls to include
1: the final boss and that it it felt obligated to put it in. Uh,
0: but it, makes, it feels like the final boss feels obligated to fight you at yeah. the end. Like he's like, "Well, I guess." It was <laughs>
1: It's like one of the easiest final bosses of all time. Yep,
0: <laughs> it was comical.
1: Um, and it's really weird. It's just like cutscene, and then he's where it seems like it's setting up like a like a another phase, like he's gonna turn into a big monster or something. And then it cuts back to gameplay, and then you just like hit him four more times, <laughs> and he dies. <laughs> and. Uh. Unironically, my
0: favorite part of combat in the whole game. Yeah,
1: it's like he gives a little speech or he's just like, oh, if you strike me down, I'll become even more powerful than you could possibly imagine or something like that. Yeah. And then he just hit him. Yeah. And then he just
0: died. It's like he's clearly winded from using his clone magic or whatever yeah but he gives a threatening speech like it feels like the he read
1: the villain's handbook and he knew that's what he was supposed to
0: do (laughs) he was following it to the letter for some reason (laughs) uh jesus christ the yeah so first part fucking, who gives a shit? You jump over his head a bunch of times, smack his yeah. dumb, stupid brain you smack in. his balls around. You smack his balls around for a while. You kill all three of his clones, and then eventually he, you can do, like, one attack on him and then you kick him out the window. But first of all, this is, like, an old, old man. Like, he is a sorcerer, but he's also shown as being, like, frail and weak. Uh-huh. And you fucking kick him out the window like it's yeah. a Tekken stage transition. He, he doesn't even, like, <laughs> use magic against you. <laughs> No, he just, he
1: just makes clones. He makes
0: clones that, that are old <laughs> people
1: <laughs> that fight you with a staff and don't, like, shoot fireballs or anything. And
0: he didn't learn any of those good... He, had, he only learned political magic, he only apparently. Le- he only learned
1: time magic, and he took the source of time, uh, the Ruin of Time manipulation.
0: Yeah, and so he is ruined mm-hmm. now. Uh, yeah. And then literally, though, I have no idea what they were going for. It is like it is an enigma to me.
1: It literally feels like a we have to do a boss because like this is the villain of the story. Mm-hmm. Like we have to put
0: in something. If that was, if the intent was the second phase of the boss fight is just three hits and he dies, (laughs) was like an intentional, like, look at how ridiculous it is that Mm. we put a final boss in this game. Fucking perfect. 10 out of 10. I love it. Uh, If it was unintentional, I still love it. I still think it is amazing that it is like that. But it's confusing it doesn't it does because the game doesn't scream that it's making a commentary at this mm-hmm. point it's just a thing that happens straight faced yeah to me it
1: feels like they just ran out of time like they weren't able to implement anything better he and was going to turn
0: into a big monster yeah, and they couldn't
1: cut it cuz it's the final boss
0: <laughs> yeah the fucking the suits told us we had to keep the final boss in mm-hmm. it's like we didn't even he doesn't even have a health bar <laughs> It can kill him in three hits. Yeah, that's that's what it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had one other note. I don't know what you have left. Uh, oh, we done. I'm done. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh. So I, my one only note is real stupid, which is why I saved it for the end and also tradition, mm-hmm. and it's the music. Oh, the music! The music in this game really unremarkable for the most part. However, it's it is a uniquely two thousand and three thing that it is this like <laughs> traditional. I'll say like the the we're in an Arabic country sitar music shit Mm -hmm. that like every western fantasy thing plays in this scenario but then just with an electric guitar over it like (laughs) it feels really cheesy Mm -hmm. like halo meets aladdin is like somehow the aesthetic that the music gives Mm -hmm. uh and i did i found that charming in like a really stupid kind of way um but i think that is just aesthetically sort of my my shit is when something just feels horribly disparate and, and juxtaposed. Yeah. I will, I think I
1: agree that music mostly underwhelming, but like the fusion of the guitar kind of worked for me. I mean, it doesn't sound bad. Yeah. It and, just sounds weird. Yeah. I, I did hear a little bit about the music Um, that apparently that like most of it is like authentic to like either Persia or India or, mm. you know, whatever culture it's supposed to. And, like, the people, like, singing any, like, the choir chants are all, like, from the the country.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, of that origin. is cool. Yeah. So it's not, like, uh, white people trying to make stuff that sounds <laughs> ethnic.
0: <laughs> Which is always a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That, yeah no that is good that 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 they had a little bit of authenticity to it but then you do throw that guitar in there because it's a two thousand yeah, yeah two thousand three video game <laughs> and it does it brings the whole thing together in the way that it it, it feels more of a pastiche of of like what it's actually going for mm-hmm. and I I find it charming in a way and so I just wanted to, that's what's gonna be playing in the middle of this yeah is probably like the end credit song that has the real prevalent guitar that I find just very funny, so uh, enjoy that. Or you have enjoyed that. Let us know in the comments if you enjoyed it. (laughs) Uh, Shred a sweet guitar solo (laughs) in the
1: comments section.
0: Oh, God. Alright. Do we have Farrah thoughts?
1: (gasps) Ah, my fairer thoughts. Um, this is one of those games that, like, in a long line of games that um, I've always known about and have never played. Um, I know, like, this game. I'd hesitate to call it like a classic. Um, I feel like people who played it at the time seem to really like it, or at least anybody who's talking about it online. See, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, seem to like h- like hold this up um and really like it but i think the broader like uh public uh d- moved on a long time ago <laughs> so it falls in kind of a middle ground it's something everyone knows about but not everyone's played etc cetera, etc cetera. um and so going back to it like those are sometimes the most interesting games to play because like i can definitely see why like, i think if i played this at the time i would have loved it like it would have been right up my alley in like 2003 um and I'd probably be sitting here, like, arguing with you about how it's great or whatever. <laughs> but uh, we're not in that timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, yeah, I think there is a lot of, like, forward thinking design, like, like a lot of, like, thoughtfulness to, like, how they handled some stuff. Um, I think I said it earlier. It's, like like, the perfect way to sum up my thoughts. Like, there's a lot of ideas in here that I think are ahead of their time but are executed very of the time. Um, so they, they've, they've aged, they've not quite held up. Um, those context sensitive actions, I think are a big one, like trying to like run up a wall and accidentally running along it and stuff like that. Like trying to grab onto something and not doing it cause you weren't close enough, jumping over to hit that enemy instead of the one you wanted because the AI decided to jump to a different, <laughs> the wrong enemy that you didn't want. Uh, all those kinds of things like the free camera control and then the restricted camera control like switching back and forth classic old video game problems um are definitely riddling this but um i don't know i i do like the like narrative action adventure like uncharted sort of sort of thing but applied to a different genre like i find that to be appealing like i know uh Ubisoft said they were going to remake this game, but it's been (laughs) delayed like a million times and may or may not ever come out. Yeah. Uh, But that's like an interesting prospect to me, like a new, uh, shorter AAA game, narrative focus, but like with a different set of mechanics than shooting, like Uncharted. I know, I think it was EA, I think, had announced like a Star Wars game like forever ago that was going to be like you played a bounty hunter and it was going to be like Uncharted, but like in the Star Wars universe, like more Han Solo, bounty hunter, less Jango Fett. Yeah. Like a guy with a gun. <laughs> um, but, and I was like, that sounds really cool. Like, I, I, I like the idea of like big budget, shorter narrative experiences. And this game just made me think about that kind of stuff um, and how I would like to see that make a little bit of a comeback. Uh, so I guess mixed feelings (laughs) uh, leaning negative on a lot of stuff like I did enjoy my time with it uh, to a certain extent like it's got some charm Um, and uh, it it was interesting there's a lot of games I kept comparing it to in my head Um, like yeah things like Uncharted and um, Assassin's Creed like things that came after it that seemed like they definitely took influence from it Mm. I just found that all that interesting so I don't know this is a mixed one
0: yeah um, yeah, I kind of like that that summary a bit. It is a game that makes you think about the past and the future of games and how we live in a time that is now pretty far removed from Prince of Persia um, in, in its height of its relevance where now a game can include a lot of the stuff that felt more unique in this game and do it in a better way. But this game does deserve at least a little bit of credit for popularizing it. I think that a lot of the platforming stuff in this game is actually really fun. I was making the comparison in my head to Mario in the sense that it's one of the few games where the platforming felt really free to me. Like, not necessarily that you had lots of options like you do in a Mario game, but it felt like you had the freedom to try stuff and that you would he would do the things that you told him to do and it was clear that you could run along the walls and do lots of cool stuff. As things became more railroaded, I sort of started to drift away from that comparison. Um, but it still felt fluid and fun to do. Um, and then everything about this game, other than that, I think was bad. Um, I mostly just got bored with a lot of it. The cutscenes really didn't do anything for me, and there weren't very many of them. Uh, I didn't engage with the story, both because I couldn't hear it, (laughs) which is still funny to me, uh, and also just because like, I don't know, it felt kind of like something I'd seen before. Uh, And the combat sucks, and is bad. I don't need to go any further into it. I already have. Uh, So... To me, like, I do like that there are things in this game that feel cool and feel Prince of Persia, but this game as a whole, I don't necessarily think is a great one to go back to. Um, maybe in a remake, they might do something with it. I know uh, that the franchise has been sort of lagging in recent years, but we'll... Maybe see something in the future that might be worth checking out. Uh, I don't know. That's where I'm at. Didn't like it. Thought it was cool in parts. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> for listening to no clip this week. What are we talking about next time? Next time is spooky Halloween. Did you hear the? Ooh, yeah. I yeah. Heard the br- br- right. Hopefully that picks up. <laughs> Um, I'm assuming that's definitely in the track. Yeah, Ghosts in the Machine Uh for Spooky Halloween. Uh, We're going to be talking about The Evil Within 2, uh, which is a sequel to The Evil Within. uh, And that's pretty much the the amount I know about it. Uh, We get more into the actual mechanics and stuff of it then, but I do want to mention here as a bit of a programming note... uh, that we ended the last uh, Pocket episode by saying that our next episode was going to be on new Pokémon Snap. That episode is coming. It turns out, not scary enough. Um, (laughs) A little little bit of a scheduling error. We cannot fit it in before October. Yeah, so instead we were going to be doing a a Halloween Pocket episode. I believe what we've decided on so far is the uh, Shorter Games by developer David Szymanski. Uh, which I'll update on the Discord and put in this video's description uh, so not to confuse people as much as I can. Mm -hmm.
1: So, Pokemon Snap in November. Yeah,
0: November new November November. Pokemon Snap Thanksgiving. I got nothing. Uh, (laughs) So, check that out then uh, and get ready for the spookiest Halloween season of your entire life. (laughs) Because we're going to murder you. <laughs> Everyone who listens to this <laughs> podcast will get a phone call. Yeah, you'll die in seven, seven days. Seven uh, Until that time, it, which you don't have a lot left of it, so make sure you eat up all our good content. Uh... You can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com. There you can find links to our Discord, to the Twitter account, to our YouTube, uh, and all of our old episodes, including ones on, we've mentioned, Devil May Cry, uh, I think Tamashi has a time-ish mechanic uh, no, in it. We mentioned Mario
1: Sunshine a few times. We did do that one. I don't know. Mario 3D the, World. Shadow of
0: the Colossus. You can climb on stuff. <laughs> Sly Cooper. Sly Cooper, Jack and Dexter. Yeah. Yeah. If you got that PS2 itch, we've got mm-hmm. the cure. Which, oh, I... like, we've got a topical ointment for your PS2 itch.
1: <laughs> for your PS2 thumb. Uh... I feel like Sly Cooper Two has a similar uh, like start screen where it's like you know it's like the of the balcony and you mm-hmm. hit start and it zooms in on it and you're just the guy is just there on it and you can move around. I think Sly Two has like a direct reference to that. Where like it starts the same way, like where you like hit start and you're like on a balcony or whatever.
0: The start screen is different in the PC. Oh,
1: version. really? Yeah, that's really funny. like at the very only at the beginning. Oh, like the first time yeah. you boot it up. Okay, it it's my like favorite. it's I just like a forgot. shot of like a, the palace. Yeah, and you hit start, and like the camera pans, and the prince is like on the balcony, mm. and you just assume control. I might that might have happened. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> that's now the game starts.
0: Smash that like button. <laughs> Anyway, we're back. I mean, now we're yeah. back. Chad had to refuel his health
1: by drinking that water. <laughs> you should put in the sound effects, like the if you can find it. I'm sure over top of you drinking the water.
0: That's like that's usually where the music's fading out, though. Yeah, but then. Then you splice in the the yeah, all right. we'll we'll see if we can make it work.